Welcome to Ed Leader with your host, Dr. Rob Jackson. Join Dr. Jackson for conversations and reflections on improving educational leadership from the classroom to the boardroom and beyond. Educational leadership is an ever-evolving opportunity to make a real and lasting difference in the lives of students, parents, and the community. And now, here's your host, Dr. Rob Jackson. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Ed Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Jackson, and I want to thank you for spending time with me today. Today's episode is dedicated to a special group of ed leaders, teachers. Teachers are educational leaders. Teachers are the backbone of the school and the school system. Without them, without their dedication and willingness to do whatever it takes, we would not be able to meet the needs of each and every one of our students. Our teachers would tell you that they could not do their job without every other member of our school teams. And I agree with them. I don't want to fail, though, to acknowledge all that they have done this year, and really every year, in growing as teachers and having to teach in new and different circumstances. They are remarkable. Speaking of remarkable, I'm so excited about today's conversation with an incredible ed leader, with a teacher, a remarkable teacher. Let's get to it. Our guest today is Mr. Christopher Murray, a sixth grade teacher at Broad Creek Middle School who also helps to coach the boys' basketball team. Mr. Murray earned his bachelor's degree in middle grades education at East Carolina University. Mr. Murray actually teaches in the very same classrooms that he attended and learned in 20 years ago. He has dedicated his achievements as a teacher to his mother and father, who he says gave him a strong work ethic and determination that drives him daily. His mother's a retired teacher, and he says that he could not be more appreciative and blessed by his family. He's completely dedicated to teaching, and it shows. He strives continually to incorporate effective and efficient methods of teaching while focusing on the individual needs of each student, striving to help every student, whether he personally teaches them or not. He wants every student to get the greatest education they possibly can. He also says that he wants every student that he teaches to enjoy school. He strives to build a relationship with all students, ensuring that they're getting the help and assistance they need. Recently, Mr. Murray was selected as the recipient of the Rotary Excellence in Teaching Award. Please help me welcome today's guest, Mr. Christopher Murray. Mr. Murray, what an incredible opportunity and honor for me to spend some time with you today and to share your work that you're doing and the work of your colleagues with the listeners of Ed Leader. Welcome, my friend. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. I had the just the amazing opportunity. I was invited by your principal to come out to the school, to Broad Creek Middle School for a surprise announcement. And we gathered outside, and we were socially distant, following all the rules, but we gathered outside in the courtyard area of the school, and the entire sixth grade came out, and we were all standing spread out in the courtyard, 
and the principal, Ms. Weinhold, began an announcement and she was sharing with the students what a blessing it is to have incredible teachers. And they were looking at her, they were agreeing with her, um, but they were being students in the middle of an announcement. They were somewhat blank expressions and they were listening very politely, but just listening. And then she shared that she was about to announce that one of the teachers had received the Swansboro Rotary. Swansboro, for our listeners, is a, a small town in the next county over from Carteret County, where we serve. The Swansboro Rotary gives annually a, an Excellence in Teaching Award, um, one award for a teacher who has demonstrated those qualities. And Ms. Weinhold is making this announcement, and she makes the announcement, and she shares your name. And as soon as she said, Mr. Murray, the children went from blank expressions to enthusiasm on turbo drive or something because there was cheering, <laughs> there was yelling, there were hands in the air, there was clapping. Tell me about that moment for you when Ms. Weinhold's making this announcement and then you hear your name and then you experience that student reaction. Tell me about that for you as you experienced it. Alrighty. Um, well, thank you again for having me. Um, it was a uh, it was a very unique experience, once in a lifetime experience. You know, um, I've gotten like coaches awards before, um, but nothing like that. And I was really caught off guard because I was kind of like with the kids. I didn't know what we were out there, what the was for. We knew Dr. Jackson was there, so we knew it was, it was something big and something special. Uh, and I just I had no idea. I thought maybe we were recognizing the kids for their you know resilience towards the year um and it was just uh it was a good I got chills a little bit I'm kind of glad I I kind of made a joke um right I kind of wiped my eye like I was gonna wipe in tears from my eye but I actually did almost get emotional there <laughs> uh as she was talking about it and I, I tried to hold back and I didn't want to <laughs> stand up there and be a, a blubbery teacher <laughs> and stuff so I'm glad I was able to hold that together um it was just a really humbling and blessing experience and I'm just you know grateful that I can teach and I love teaching and I love the students and I love the, the age that I'm with and um, the staff that we have here is phenomenal. And the you know, support from the community and parents and everybody around has been, um, it's been a blessing. And like I said, I went to school here at Broad Creek. So it, it's a lot different now that I'm teaching where I used to be in the same desk and, you know, was, I never went to the principal's office or we won't talk about that, but uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> at least this time I'm getting recognized for something good. No, it's um, so it was just a, uh, it was a huge surprise. Um, and I was, I even told, I said, you know, a lot of teachers here are very deserving this award. And she started naming some of the stuff that we do in my class because we like to, we like to have fun. I like to make sure the kids are having fun or, and are learning at the same time. Um, but it's science. So there's always something engaging that we can do even with this you know the protocols and the six feet distancing and the mask and everything we always um make sure to that the kids are engaged but also enjoying while they're learning so that's my well i tell you mr murray so you mentioned feeling chills and i want you to know you weren't the only one i knew while why i was there why i had been invited i knew the announcement that the principal was about to make and i expected the students to be happy but when I saw that response, you know, I got chills. I just was so excited in the moment along with the students because 
clearly relationships are everything when it comes to teaching. And in that moment, I saw the relationships that you've been able to develop as a teacher. And of course, then thinking about, we'll talk about more in just a few moments about teaching in the same place you went to school. But as I saw the fact that you have these relationships and that was being expressed by the students, it, it, I was just, I felt proud and I felt excited and it just resonated within me. What do you do to engender those relationships? How have you been able to create those relationships? I'm just, I'm myself, you know, I, I try to, you know, I open, I hold doors for kids. I show them the same respect and manners. You know, I say, yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. To every student I see in the hallway. Um, and I, even what was really humbling and a good uh, feeling was that, you know, half of those students out in that courtyard, I don't even teach, you know, the other science teacher teaches. So, you know, when I see students in the hallway and they're like, hey, Mr. Murray, good morning, Mr. Murray. And like, you know, fist bumping and, you know, this cool, you know, stuff that uh, it's just uh, it's a good feeling that students that you don't even teach, you know, want to, you know, they want to, you know, support you and make sure that, you know, who they are, recognize them and that, you you know, same thing. So it's a it's a good feeling to to have that relationship with bonds with, with students. I, I don't have the pleasure of teaching, um, but it's just um, we just have we have great students here um, and they all, you know, they they love their teachers and I'm glad they, they like me. Cause I, you know, I, I tell my fiance every day, um, like I love my job. I love coming to work every day is different. You know, it's not like a tedious job. Like I, I enjoyed like making lessons and activities and fun things for the kids to do. So for the kids that were there out there, like screaming my name, it was kind of like, Oh man, I, some of these kids, I felt bad cause I didn't even know some of them by name, but I know I'm just by passing in the hallway, or at least from the, the eyes up, or from what we can see um, with the mask and stuff. So it's, it was just a really humbling experience and a privilege, <laughs> blessing. It, it was phenomenal, and, and, and I really appreciate that. You said something that I want to unpack for a moment. You talked about, one, being authentic and being authentically you. As a student there in the building, I'm sure you had amazing teachers 20 years ago. But I don't think you could be successful if you were trying to be the teacher they were or the, trying to be a teacher like a colleague. You have to be authentic to yourself. And I do believe that that's important for every teacher and every educator to be authentic. But you also talked about showing respect to students. You teach in a middle school. If there's any age that a child may be a little tougher to show respect to, it's probably <laughs> adolescence and it's probably middle school. Yes. But you talked about showing respect to children and being authentic and, and, and share with me, why is that so important to you? And where do you see the power in sharing respect and showing respect to students that one might expect them to show to you? We might expect mm -hmm. they open the door for you and call you, yes, sir, but you're mm -hmm. doing that for them. Why, why is that such a powerful practice? Um, I would have to say it's probably just the way I was raised. You know, I have a brother. We were both raised. You know, it doesn't matter who it is that you're passing by. You know, you're going to respect them, especially adults, um, family members, anybody, you know, even a person you may not like or care for or what have you. Um, but you still need to show them respect. Um, so I feel like even at this young age that kids need to um, kind of be taught or at least remember, reminded, um, maybe, you know, they're not treated with the best respect or manners outside of school and other places or areas. Um, but they, they need to be shown that respect so they can feel 
uh, comfortable at while they're at school, not to where they're, you know, a burden or just a student or just another name or just another ID number. Um, so having that relationship with the students um, has always been just, uh, it's just kind of seems easy to me. So when I hear other students that um, I don't even really tell them to say yes or no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, you know, using their manners and stuff, um, it's, it just sounds, it just, it's a better feeling than a, a yeah or a what, you know, I have a 10 year old at home and a four month old and, um, you know, we, we try to practice manners at home too. So that's what I, I try to practice and instill in the students here. So, you know, they can be polite outside of school and in their community and stuff. Cause it's just a respect thing. Um, so I, I like to give the kids the same respect that I give them. So no matter what age, it's just something kind of like a second nature for me. Right. Well, and second nature for you, because you mentioned your your parents taught you that you and your brother practiced that. And, mm-hmm. and you and I both know and our listeners know that it's not necessarily second nature for every child because every child, unfortunately, may not have the same home situation. And so uh, modeling the behavior mm-hmm. that will serve children well in the future is so very important and teaching the behavior that. Um, we expect as a society is is so very important. And so I just want to encourage you and reflect back to you what a powerful practice that is. Um, sometimes I've seen teachers struggle with that, almost coming in the door feeling like, you know, uh, the, the student should be holding the door for them instead of them for the students, et cetera. And so it sounds like you just naturally fell into what is a powerful practice, which is just a respect for all persons, um, right. modeling that for students. And that's so very powerful. Exactly. This year, of course, has been incredibly challenging. You mentioned earlier getting to know the students visually from the eyes up. Because <laughs> you've been wearing these masks for a year now, and we're hopeful that one day we'll be able to throw those away and never think about them again. Yeah. Um, as we've approached this challenging year, uh, what's that been like for you as, as you first began to understand what the classroom situation would be like? initially with the hybrid model with two different cohorts, one group of students on Mondays and Tuesdays, another group of students on Thursdays and Fridays, and then another group of students who are virtual completely. <laughs> how, how did you approach that? How have you been successful with that? What's that been like for you? It's been very unique. I would say just going back, even dating back from last year, I think the way that the school year ended, I mean, it was just so abrupt. I think we kind of knew deep down, I knew personally deep down, that they were going to have to finally close the doors because the COVID case was getting so rampant and out of control. But the selfish side of me wanted to be in school with the kids. I knew I just personally, my teaching styles and strategies and preferences, I, I kind of struggled at the beginning to teach virtual, um, all virtual, especially having those kids and built that relationship. So it kind of left a bitter taste in my mouth having to end the year like that. Um, even though I still see the kids here around school, you know, we, we get along, we socialize and, I, I, I enjoy seeing like, hey, what's going on? Who, who's your science? You know, because um, it was just a not so good feeling at the end of the year, not being able to have the end of the year celebration with the students, sign yearbooks, you know, all the regular celebrations and traditions that we ha- that I've been used to and accustomed to with the students. Um, so transitioning this year, I, I had a, a stronger mentality that um, I couldn't be selfish and I knew what we were doing was right. And we had to abide by the rules and regulations and policies that were set forth um, with the A and B and the virtual. And it took, you know, not 
it took a little bit to get my head wrapped around about scheduling the assignments and how to go for it and planning lessons. Because after doing this for eight years, um, I'm kind of, I kind of know what I like to teach. I just kind of tweak it every year, modify it, you know, according to what the, what the students are, what, what their learning styles are. But it was completely different having to do lesson plans, you know, Sunday night and then Wednesday, Google meets, and then um, Thursday or Wednesday evening, push out other lesson plans for cohort B. So it was just, it was very um, choppy. I, I think I was the word I used before. It was it, it, not the whole, I couldn't get a full week of lesson plans in. So it was so choppy and I'm just used to like flowing with the work. Um, and the kids know that I like structure and we get through a lot of work in a short amount of time. So um, it was a, it was difficult and challenging, but I think it was like, I think I also told you it was satisfying and rewarding at the same time. Um, just to understand that I could, and all of the, all of the teachers, not just myself, but all the teachers could overcome those um, obstacles, you know, not just the students having to do it, but the teachers had to juggle so much with the kids that, that were learning at home virtually. And we had cohort A and B, and then we had kids that would be virtual and come cohort A and had kids that were cohort A going four days a week. So it was just like a, I felt like I was juggling <laughs> all the time. I mean, I didn't know what, what days of the week kids would be here and not be here being disenrolled and moved. I mean, it was just, uh, it was, cha- it was challenging to say the least, but I think it, it made all those teachers a lot stronger and a lot more um, adaptable to evolve. And I think Mrs. Weinhold, our principal, you know, calls us Gumby sometimes because we're so flexible. And I think we all just had to really be flexible and patient this year just to kind of go with whatever was set forth because, you know, we we chose this job, you know, this is what we're here to do and we can't, the kids need us. So we couldn't back down and blame it on COVID, you know, like we got to be, I think the kids, sometimes I look at the kids as like my heroes. And I think they kind of look at the teachers as as their heroes. I think we kind of need to reach our, each other to get through this year. So that would be my, my take. <laughs> there, there's, there's no question. And that's the, the feeling I get when I walk through the building. And I just appreciate that so much because there's a genuine acknowledgement, I think, between the, the teachers in needing the students to be there and wanting the students to be there and the students needing the teachers to be there and wanting to be, wanting to be there. You know, I, I think certainly one of the attributes that I've seen in you and your colleagues this year is also the attribute of courage, right? It was courageous for our teachers to step forward at the beginning of the year. Our school system was one of the first school systems in the state to bring students back face-to-face. In fact, we started the year with a hybrid model with our students in, in place two days a week and yes, we've been able to transition to four days a week now, which is just a blessing. But it took mm-hmm. courage on the part of you and your colleagues. And you said, we can't be selfish. We have to take care of our students. And, you know, I, I appreciate that at so many levels because it seems like educators choose to go into this profession for the singular purpose of wanting to make a difference, for serving students. And when you talk about the things you do for students and not wanting to be selfish and being there for your kids and knowing how important it was, it just makes me feel so good. And I, I want to dig into that a second if I can, Mr. Murray. So you are younger in the profession. You mentioned eight years. And thank you for those eight years. I hope we get more <laughs> with you. Um, uh, and, and so as we look around, we know that there are 
not as many people choosing education as a pathway today. And we know we need phenomenal teachers. You teach science, which is just so, so incredible for our students. As you think about it, what do young people who are trying to figure out what they want to know or what they want to do with their lives, what do they not know about teaching? What, what might you share with somebody who might have an inkling, maybe I want to be a teacher? What do you love about teaching? Why should somebody consider being a teacher? That's that's a huge question. I'll try to keep it concise because every kid may show up here different every single day. You may not know their attitude, their feelings, their emotions towards school or you, but I think that's the the creative and the interesting side of it. It's like the curiosity. Like I said, eight years, two different grade levels, two different subjects, and I've never had one day that was completely the same. Even with the cohort A and B, you know, teaching the same, big similar things to cohort A and B, it wasn't the same day. We were, I was teaching the same content the same week, but it was not the same day because it was different students. So that's that was um that would be part of it. I would honestly say that I've had a lot of influential teachers in my lifetime growing up. I remember loving science one year and then not being as strong as it or not caring to have much passion for it the next year. And then language arts, I've I've had some teachers that I just couldn't get um I couldn't understand their teaching style. So I kind of fell out of the love of you know reading. Um so I think really teachers kind of really mold what students want to do, how how much they want to read, what they want to learn about, what their interests are. Um, I think teachers can really um, are good models for what students want to become. And I think it's like really humbling, rewarding to hear kids I've had this year that want to be science teachers or be teachers of any profession. You know, they're like, Miss Murray, your job is so cool. Like, you know, they're yeah. I mean, I know they're in sixth grade and they may change their mind a hundred times between now and the summer. What do they want to do? They may want to be a YouTuber. They may want to be a podcaster. I don't. They may want to be a superintendent. Who knows? That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, but you know, that's like the, the gratifying thing that they're even questioning that what they want to do now, and the, the idea that they they feel that you know my job, my occupation is cool at this young age. Um, I think it's something that they should be interested in and uh, kind of understand. I mean. And every year I have kids that say, oh, Miss Murray, I want to be a math teacher. So, you know, there's students out there, even at this young age that wants to do it. Like I said, it's just satisfying. And I'm grateful to be a teacher. You know, like I feel like I had to work hard in school and high school and college to do this, you know, and I and I love what I do. And I think everybody should love what they do. You know, they shouldn't do it for the check at the end of the month. You know, I, I don't do it for that. I think kids realize what they want to do. And if they're not happy with it, they'll change one day. But absolutely. Well, one of the things that's very apparent to me, you mentioned that you actually have this incredible uh, blessing to teach in the same classrooms you learned in as a student, which I just think is absolutely amazing. And you mentioned the phenomenal teachers that you had. And at some point, as you were making a decision about how you would spend your life's work, the work that you would do, I'm sure you reflected on those teachers and you made this incredible decision to be a teacher. And so thank you for doing that. As I think about the response that you kind of shared from your students who said, what a cool job you have, et cetera, the response I witnessed in how excited they were for you when you were being acknowledged for being such a phenomenal teacher. I dare say that in sixth grade at Broad Creek Middle School, there are quite a few teachers to be in our future, we certainly hope in this school system or someplace else who are 
patterning themselves after you and the incredible example you set. Mr. Murray, I just want to thank you for what you do every single day and certainly want to thank your colleagues. I want to thank teachers everywhere who in the middle of a pandemic have said, here's a place, young men, young women, you can come to and feel cared and loved for where you will be respected, where I will treat you in an authentic manner. And they respond to that. And boy, do they respond to that. Mr. Murray, thank you for earning this award, Excellence in Teaching. It's certainly well-deserved. And I want you to know how much I appreciate you and appreciate this time with you this afternoon to just spend time sharing with others what the amazing job you're doing for so many. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I hope that you enjoyed our time today with Mr. Murray. Clearly, as he shared, showing students authentic respect pays off in relationship building. A relationship that was extremely evident to me as I watched students enthusiastically cheer for their teacher when he received an award. Relationships matter, and they matter every day. Speaking of relationships, thank you for spending time with me today, and thank you for all that you do for every student, every teacher, and every staff member. You are making a difference. If no one else has told you, I want you to know that I believe in you. Good day. Thank you for listening to the Ed Leader Podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast and consider leaving a review with five stars on Apple Podcasts so that we may continue to grow the Ed Leader community. We hope that you have enjoyed your time with Dr. Jackson. Until next time.